So this week at Interview with a Wire, we receive Alex Foley. So uh, Alex uh, managed double KC uh, all over uh, his place. Uh, it's a really huge. He has many location of martial art. He talks about that. Uh, he talk about a family curly. So all of his brother except the low one are uh, black belts uh, with degree and the father too. So I think it's a really great podcast. I, we enjoy it. Les cicatrices nous rappellent d'où on arrive Les combos qu'on doit livrer quand le destin chavire Guerrier, offre ce qu'il faut pour la famille Cœur de lion, œil de tigre, on a la paix dans la mire The battles are never ending, I know But we will get up and get on with the fight And we'll do whatever for what is right Just put your trust in us and us Okay, so today at Interview with a Wire, we receive Alex Foley, uh, director of uh, Atlantic, double Casey. <laughs> uh, and uh, so Alex, it's a huge honor to receive you today. Thanks for your time. If you want to, for uh, the guest who's listening, uh, introduce yourself with your rank title and uh, what you're doing so far in uh, Curdy for, uh, for your life, man. Awesome. So my name is Alex Foley. I'm a fourth degree black belt in Kempo Karate. Uh, I'm the WKC director for all of Atlantic Canada right now, which is, you know, Nova Scotia, PEI, New Brunswick, and Newfoundland, Labrador. Um, it's going really well. I mean, our team is growing uh, exponentially in the last three years. Cool. Yeah, I saw you guys at the National with your own gi. I think it's, it was awesome. I was like, ah, cool future, cool future. We uh, we really like the We try to change the gi every year. Um We go through Hugo Sport. They do an awesome job on those geese. Yeah, really. We work with them too. They're really good. Um, so, uh, what about you? When did you start karate, and where was it, and with who? So, I've been doing karate since I was seven. So that's about that's twenty five years actually. Um, I started. My dad was my instructor, Mike Foley Senior. Um, so my dad is a uh, Jean Guiangel black belt. Uh, he got his uh, black belt 41 years ago, right? And he uh, so he basically moved to Montreal. He lived actually he lived at the dojo for the degree after the black belt. Did he keep going with Jean Guy? No. So he's uh, he just actually got his eighth degree he got presented with his eighth degree black belt through the wkc last year um mr jim flood came down and presented him yeah and can you uh for the purpose of the listeners uh can you describe the the styles of uh, uh jean guiangel kenpo karate because you are the first uh practitioner that we receive at the podcast that practice practice that type of uh, kenpo so Maybe if you can explain it a little bit, uh, the history or the background, maybe. So yeah, my dad actually started uh, karate. He got he got his black belt 41 years ago. Um, he started here in Newfoundland, and then he moved to Montreal, and he was actually training with the chief and living um, there. He lived at the dojo literally, and he basically got his black belt. Um, And and when he when he came home to Newfoundland, he started opening up uh, karate schools, and he was doing very well. He had uh, several schools open, and over the course of time, you know, some politics got in the way, um, and he kind of broke away from the Jungi Angel uh, 
style, and he just started doing his own his own uh, martial arts. And basically, we ended up uh, doing more than karate. We ended up doing the kickboxing. We brought kickboxing to Newfoundland through Waco. Uh, we we teamed up with Maz, who uh, is the president of Waco. And then uh, we got in contact also with Mr. Jim Flood, and we just basically everything just went uh, onwards and upwards after we made those connections. And uh, yeah, our team is is really diverse now. We we started uh, jujitsu, Gracie jujitsu, about 12, 13 years ago. So we do a little bit of everything. Oh, and how did you start uh, Gracie jujitsu? Did someone a black belt came in Newfoundland and uh, Labrador? Because it is really hard. Like I tried, but it, black belt and teachers are rare, you know. Like yeah. So what happened was there was one, maybe two schools here in Newfoundland. Uh, there was another guy here that was teaching. He was a purple belt, um, and he was in a very sport-oriented school. So he was teaching, but it was um, under Nova Union. So it was me and my brothers, and we basically started with Pedro Sauer Jiu-Jitsu. And Pedro Sauer um, had a really good online curriculum at the time. So you could literally get his DVD, and you could start doing the DVD. And then we would fl – my brother flew up. My brother Michael flew up, and um, he, he did a private lesson, and he stayed with Pedro for a weekend, went through the whole curriculum, uh, got promoted to Blue Belt came back and started basically we just went from there we just started doing the curriculum and we were we were bringing these people into newfoundland two three four times a year all these black belts um and basically what happened yeah over time jujitsu here in newfoundland now is huge like there are a lot of schools it's doing really well yeah with the ufc and everything it really got a, a rise over 10 years it's crazy It is. It's it's super popular, and and MMA is on the rise too. So, you know, you have people right now that are coming in and saying, "Hey, I want to learn MMA," but they don't understand what MMA stands for, right? Mixed martial arts. You have you have to do jujitsu, you have to do karate, you have to do kickboxing, you have to wrestle. It's it's separate, right? And uh, what is your personal uh, uh, tournament rec records? I mean. Uh... Uh, did you do a lot of tournaments yourself, and uh, where did you go with it? So, growing up here in Newfoundland, there weren't we didn't have a lot of tournaments, almost like you guys would have in in Quebec and Ontario and stuff like that. There was maybe five, six tournaments here a year. Um, and growing up, I was I would I would do every single tournament. Obviously, my dad was the instructor, and uh, I would always do well in my division. Um, Usually, I would place first or second place every single time I competed. But we didn't have a lot of international travel uh, at that time. So what happened was my brother started – my brothers, uh, Michael and Jason. So so just to give you guys an idea how, how big it is for my family. Uh, my dad, Mike Foley Sr., he's the head, head instructor. And then there's my brother, Michael Foley Jr., Right, he is a sixth degree black belt. Uh, my brother Jason is a fifth degree black belt. I'm a fourth degree black belt. Uh, due also for my fifth this year. 
And then there's my brother Daniel. So all the families in the, yeah, the martial yeah, arts, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I have one uh, younger brother who doesn't do martial arts at all, but the rest of us all do martial arts. It's crazy. You guys bullied him? Bully him for real? No, <laughs> no, no. He was the baby brother, so he uh, he used to get away with everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's 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 got himself a personal yeah, army. Yeah, there was a couple of times I had <laughs> to bail him out on some uh, trouble that he stirred up, uh, but you know. That's what older brothers do. <laughs> you, man, you, did, you are the, the smaller, right? No, the I'm the, the older brother in my family. Okay, so we're all old brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my little brother is six two, oh, that's and not... I'm six. So yeah. He's yeah, I was gonna say brother. that's that's not really a little <laughs> brother, hey. And since you grow up in a martial art family like yourself, um, I mean, outside of the family, uh, who who was your uh, role model? I mean, uh, in movies or athletes or I don't know. So growing up, I always I watched all the movies everybody would watch. You know, uh, Kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, you know, Bruce Lee movies. Uh, uh, Chuck Norris. Um, I was a big, big Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. And, uh, you know, the, the full side split uh, where he does the, the split on the two chairs. Right, I don't know what movie that was, but I remember he, watching him do that, and I go to class the next day, and I'm I'm doing the side split up on the two chairs. He actually inspired me to uh, to get that full side split. Out. You have a picture of that? I don't. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> I don't. I have to recreate it. And so uh, after that, you compete a lot, uh, a lot, and uh, a lot. You got the you got the school over your dad and yourself or your brother. Or how does it work? Because you're you're the fourth degree, or uh, who do you who, who get the school over your dad? Yeah, like the main one. No, so we all have our own individual schools. So my dad, uh, you know, he's getting older now. He's in his sixties. I'm actually so we all branched off and did our own thing. Um, you ever hear the, the expression, too many chiefs, not enough Indians? That's kind of the situation, right? So I taught for my brother for a while. Um, I taught for my dad for a while. And then it was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my own schools. So I personally own three uh, schools, AFAMA schools. My brother Michael has his own school. My brother Jason has his own school. My dad has his own school. But um, my school has, has grown exponentially so you started your your own uh, your own brand your own yeah my own school so my school is alex foley's academy of martial arts um we like i said i have three locations now we're doing really well uh COVID obviously took us a huge step back we lost almost 100 students actually we did lose we, lo we lost 100 students due to COVID, and i actually had four schools at that point And we had to shut down one of those locations. Um, but, you know, we're, we don't have a big case of COVID here like the rest of the country. We actually only have like five cases. So we're still, we're still doing classes. We have everything modified. Uh, my numbers are finally starting to go back up. Uh, it's going to take a few years, but we'll build back. Are you guys shut down currently right now yourselves? Yeah, currently we are under a curfew in Quebec. So uh, all the karate schools are closed, but we are still operating uh, with Zoom. So 
but like uh, pretty much like yourself we all lose many students uh, that don't really like virtual classes which is okay it's not for everybody but at least we we can keep um the more passionate i'd say or at least the 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 one that are interested to practice yeah, at home. And, and I was teaching for, uh, via Zoom for a while as well because we did we were shut down for several months. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, I really had a hard time catching on to it because it's it's hard to not be able to physically help a kid throw that punch or chamber their hand or you, you're trying to explain it as best you can, but when they're not catching on to it, you're, you just want to reach through the screen and fix it, you know? It's not the same thing, but at least if it it it's helping to keep the people who wants to stay, uh, we're not gonna have to start from scratch when we're gonna reopen. We we still have. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's obviously Zoom is a great tool to keep people around and and keep them motivated. You know, if they're not training at all, they're they're just gonna get demotivated and they're gonna end up quitting. And uh, how is it to uh, grow up out there? I mean, uh, you say there there was no not many uh, martial arts school and everything. So, uh, did you travel a lot uh, outside of your province when you were kids? Did you see some other things? What what is it to be a, a youngins out, out there? So yeah, we <clears throat> we started um, doing some stuff. I was about 12 years old. Uh, when we started doing the W, I think it was WKA at the time, World Karate Association. And uh, my dad was actually the head, the president here for Newfoundland. Um, we started traveling away. We went to Ontario several times, I think back in 1999. Yeah, it was the first time we went to Ontario. And then uh, from there, we ended up going to Florida and doing the world championships there. Um And then since since uh, it all changed to WKC, I mean, I've been to Florida, Ireland, Scotland, Buffalo, New York. Uh, I've been to Ontario every single year. Uh, this year would have been Madrid, Spain. So we were getting ready for Madrid, Spain. And then obviously COVID hit and we got shut down for that. Um, I actually fought back in 2017 at Nationals myself. Uh, it was the first time I had competed in five years, maybe. And uh, I, I decided to do it within three weeks' notice of uh, the tournament. And I had to drop a lot of weight to, to make the weight class I wanted. I dropped 25 pounds in three weeks. And I went in and I fought. Uh, yeah, it was it was really good. There was, there was uh, three of us in the division. I had two tough fights I lost, but... It went. Uh, the first fight went into uh, triple overtime, and uh, I lost by the second point. There, I got a, a really bad kick to the face. I got my uh, a toenail got caught in my eye, and cut my eye open. I couldn't see, and uh, yeah. And then I had to fight one of the guys from Sunfuki. Uh, his name was Jeremy too. Tall kid, probably six foot two. He was 18 at the time. He had a professional kickboxing uh, um, background as well. Uh, Jeremy Robert. Yeah. 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 Huh? Me and him had a, a really good fight. Yeah. He's a and, police uh, officer now. Is he really? 
Really cool. No, he was a real nice kid, and and, and uh, we had a really good fight, and I lost to him in the final. Did you ever think uh, to go professional yourself as a way or another for uh, Not fighting? Not for me, or? myself. I, I, when I opened the school back in 2010, I was 20 years old, and I basically decided at that point that I was just going to try to make – because it's very difficult to be a good coach and instructor and a good athlete, right, and compete yourself. So I was trying to, I was trying to build a school. I was trying to run classes. And uh, to be an athlete, you guys know, you have to be very selfish in your training and you have, you have to be iron focused. And I didn't, I didn't have that. Um, I couldn't afford to do that at that time, right? I was trying to build a school. So basically, I, I did what I set out to do when I built the school. We have uh, 300 students, or we had 300 students pre-COVID. Um, and um, I wasn't going to compete at all. And then my coach, Jim Flood, basically, uh, he got me to compete within that three weeks notice at the, at the Nationals in 2017. And that's the last time I fought. Okay. But, you know, I, th I think uh, at some point, if you compete in your youth, And then when you're older, you want to pass the fire to the old, younger one. And then through, um, through many students, you can have one that maybe is going to shine really bright, like have a, uh, a, a, a student that's going to go Olympic after something like I can box or you, no, but you never know. Like after 20 years, at some point, like, uh, look us, Maria Vdikai. She shine, man. Like, you know, like you, you could never done that by yourself, maybe. But if you have 10,000 students in your life, you have a chance to pick like the, the big one. You know what I mean? I actually, so one of my students uh, at the last WKC Nationals, he won, he won his division. And then he went on to Worlds um, and he fought, um, I can't remember the kid's name. He might have actually been from Sunfuki as well. Uh, anyway, he, he won double gold. So he's, he's a two-time world champion now. Uh, big big kid I got here and uh, we had another we had another student uh, lost in the final for a gold and they ended up getting a silver at the their first ever world championship so I think in the next when everything comes back after COVID and and everything is back to normal and we can start traveling and going away again uh, my team is still training hard And a lot of people are shut down right now. So it's giving us a little bit of an advantage. Uh, and then when we come back, you know, they're going to be ready to go. And yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah, it's a little bit of an edge like the U.S. who still have competition. It's a huge, it's a huge uh, upside for them, I guess. Uh, but as it is for the rest of the world, we still shut down. Some can train, some not. That's why... I like pre pre Christmas more because we could do at least private classes, so we could train them. But now it's only Zoom, so through Zoom, sorry. So yeah, but um, but you you can still do one v one classes. Yeah, we in the we have dojo. regular classes. We had to modify uh, what we were doing. Uh, we had to modify it to uh, 15 students per class, which is still good because we just it's basically more work for us. Okay, 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 okay. So it's like our summer. Yeah, so classes are still going. And then I have a lot of students now that are doing private one-on-one um, on Fridays and stuff like that. So 
if if they're not getting the sufficient amount of training out of out of their regular class uh, with the restrictions, then they come in and they do one on one training with me, and it's and and they get a lot more out of it. And they're allowed to spar. Like they can't spar with everybody in the class, but they can spar with their bubble partner and they can drill with their bubble partner. And it's really, I'm really thankful that we are able to do what we're doing because our numbers are really low uh, for COVID. So as long as it stays like that, uh, I think I'm going to be fine. And what I found funny this year was uh, I was having a hard time getting my jujitsu program to grow. Um, And then, COVID hits, we come back out of COVID, and my numbers for jiu-jitsu explode. We have more people doing Gracie jiu-jitsu now than we ever have. It's crazy. Mm. People miss the, the physical contact. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. And, and people just basically wanted to get back and doing something. But uh, my jiu-jitsu classes now are bigger than ever. We constantly have people signing up for jiu-jitsu. Um, and, and the, the hard part is, of course, we have to tell them like, you, you, you really need to have a designated, uh, bubble partner. And they, they say, not a problem. Well, I'll get my cousin to come do class with me or I'll get my girlfriend or, and we just, we have people signing up all the time. You know what? As a, as a, a guy who did, um, point fighting growing up, when people start have, being hot, You, it would be cool having one partner that you know who has like a good, uh, is clean. You know what I mean? So it's not that bad. Like, and even, and even more for jujitsu, when you always hug someone, if you know he's clean, it's like, hey, okay, I'm gonna have the same partner. Good. Like, it's not a bad, bad thing, you know? <laughs> and you're sure you always have a partner. You're not alone. Yeah. No, they, I, I think what's happening is they coordinate with each other via text or, or messenger and they make sure, Hey, uh, I'm going to class and are you able to go? And then, and then they show up and, and every class is doing awesome. Like I, I literally had to put in more classes for jujitsu. Um, and then they, those people started asking about kickboxing. So then I had to put in extra kickboxing classes because they wanted to kickbox. So, I mean, all of my classes at my main location are full. Like, we are rocking and rolling uh, at the main location here. Uh, the numbers are still going up. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious about something. Uh, since you teach uh, three different disciplines, uh, what would you say is the percentage of uh, your student that doing all the three of them? Um. Uh, I'm going to say in the kids program, probably 70%, 60 to 70% of my karate kids also do jujitsu and they all do kickboxing. So they, well, we okay. call it continuous. They all do continuous wow. kickboxing. It's part of the curriculum. It's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. So jujitsu, you can do it apart, but continuous is part of the karate uh, curriculum. Yeah. Yeah, so we have uh, like point fighting class and then on one day and then the next day is continuous. Uh, I don't make it mandatory, but they just want to do it. They the, the kids just, they're all very close, I guess, and they talk. And if a kid is doing point fighting, he, he also wants to do the, the kickboxing stuff. So Yeah, he wants to be with his friends, so he's following the group. So a big, a big um, thing for us here now, 
uh, I don't know if you guys knew this. Uh, are you guys aware with who Mr. Jim Flood is? Nope. So Jim is actually the WKC. Um, he's pretty much the Canadian coach, like the overall coach. And, and he's usually one of the head refs at all the WKC events. So he was living in Ontario for the last several uh, – his whole life. He just moved to Newfoundland. His whole family is here now, and he's uh, teaching class for me, and he's he's helping build our kickboxing program. I'm sure you guys have heard the name Trevor Nash before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Many times. Great, great fighter. Jim has, has uh, judged me many, many, many times. He's a great, great guy. When you refer me to, to the podcast, I was like, oh, yeah, I got, I got, yeah, obviously. Yeah, he's a great one. He, he, he has a great career and stuff. He's a, yeah, I've seen many times, Italy, Spain, everywhere. So we're going to receive him or did you book yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, I, okay. yeah. No, not yet, but I have had him as a he, friend. I, <laughs> okay, I, let's go. I did speak to him about it. Nice. He said he would totally do it. How does it going uh, out here in Newfoundland for the martial art promotion? Did you do it mostly uh, uh, mouth to hear um, or it's internet promotion? What is your uh, what is your way to promote your schools? Uh, we're finding here uh, pretty recently actually Facebook advertising, Facebook marketing is is really big uh, for for me in particular. We're finding we're doing very well with Facebook advertising, but uh, the the Foley brand has been here for 40 years, so everybody that does martial arts know who the are in Newfoundland. You know, like we we are probably the biggest. Uh, actually, we are the biggest uh, school. Um, you know, so you know if you mention uh, Foley's martial arts anything here, people generally know who we are. And 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 then. Now, what's what's your next uh, after that? You know, after COVID and, and everything. Sure, what's your uh, like? What's your next step with that? Like, uh, would 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 like for sure? It's gonna be like to rebuild and stuff like that. But after that, like, would it be to grow more the competition or to go like to go more school or to have students to develop school after you? Like, what's the what's the plan for five ten years maybe? Since I've taken over the WKC Atlantic Canada region. Um, We've, we've grown that, and I'm sure you guys have seen it at nationals and stuff like that. We've grown uh, exponentially since we've we've come on the scene. I My main goal is to try to grow that, and uh, we, we've actually been teamed up with another school here, uh, Rock Athletics, uh, who has a real good uh, program here. Uh, Robbie Wiseman is the head instructor there. He's got a really good kickboxing and boxing record, and, and uh, he's a Jean Guiangel black belt as well super super good fighter and, and he's got a really good team so we've been we've been doing a lot of training with those guys and we've been uh going to build a huge team to go to nationals and, and that's been doing really well but other than that um i i do plan to open another school at some point i actually have uh one of that guy i was telling you about ryan the two-time world champion he decided he's graduating this year and this is what he wants to do So he's gonna he's gonna run a school. He he wants to franchise under me. So we're in the middle of trying to build that and, and put him in a position to franchise. Yeah. Would he be your first franchisee? Yeah, he would be the first franchise guy that I would have. And uh, 
you know, my goal, obviously, I want to build my brand. I want the AFAMA brand to build and produce good fighters and good athletes and good people. Um, and now that we have Mr. Flood here to help us do that, I'm super excited because that's what he does. He builds big teams and he builds uh, world champions. Exactly. Oh, wow, man. Hey, that, that is super. So you have many garden to work on, you know, like so many projects. You must be so thrilled. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy. Uh on a personal note, I mean I was I was getting very close to getting my black belt in jujitsu. So I was I was working hard towards that and then COVID shut down and um we're actually uh under a team now. It's it's Alan Hopkins Jujitsu. Um Vela Garda is, is the name of his, his club. And he's, he's in the States. He's got several uh, affiliates in the States. Um, I was I was getting close to getting promoted to black belt or tested for my black belt in jiu-jitsu, and, and then COVID shut us down. So right now I've been personally focused on jiu-jitsu and trying to get ready so that when COVID opens and we can get people back in Canada and travel, I can get him down and I can do my black belt test in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And it, it took you uh, the last 10 years to go from white to black because in jujitsu we know there's only five degrees. So that's why it took you uh, the, the last 10 years. Yeah, it, it takes a while to get your black belt. Like in jujitsu, basically you're looking at 10 years uh, to get your jujitsu black belt. So I've personally been doing jujitsu 13 years. And the fact that we didn't have a black belt here And we had to learn via video at the beginning and bringing people in for seminars. Um, that slowed the process, obviously. It made it a little bit difficult. But now you know, you're seeing high belts starting to climb up. But back then, 30 people, black belt was 10 years too. Sorry about that. Alex, I'm sure your black belt in Curity wasn't in two, five years. It was more like 10, 12, yeah, right? It was 10 years, yeah. Yeah, it was 10 years to get a karate black belt. That's right. It does, because now it's more like for jiu-jitsu. But back then, getting a black belt was more, more, much more like 10 years than five, you know? Oh, for sure. And, and I still kind of have that standard uh, with my school. So I don't promote anybody to black belt under the age of 16. So no matter when, if they start, uh, I take them at the age of three they're still not getting their black belt till they're 16 years of age. Do you give them like a, a mid black belt or something, or they still brown until the, they're 16? So I have, I have the curriculum structured so that you get like half belts. So if, if they're a white belt at three years old, they'll do like a white yellow belt test and then they're yellow and then yellow orange. Right. So it basically they test once a year. Uh, some kids will do it in six months uh, or do two tests a year, but it generally takes them up to the 10 year mark and um, they'll get their black belt. If, if they're a brown belt at 13, they got to wait till they're 16 to do their black belt test. I don't do the junior black belt um, because what, what I, I feel ends up happening. Yeah. What I feel ends up happening is that they get the junior black belt, but they don't, a lot of people don't, Uh, when they get that, they don't think of it as a junior black belt. But even if it has like a stripe going through the middle or whatever people do, it's still a black belt. 
So what happens is you see sometimes a kid will get a, a junior black belt at 12. They quit martial arts at 12. And then if you ask them later on, oh, no, I was a black belt. Right? So I don't do the junior black belt. We just do we just do the adult belt. I don't know. Me, I, have, I had only one one um junior black belt in my school um right now and uh i i try to make sure to tell her that she's gonna be a fully black belt when she's gonna have a degree you know what i mean and uh yeah i don't want to make sure but i i think you're you're right i think lots of school if you if you do that maybe not everyone try to make sure and if you have much more over the years maybe but um yeah but yeah i th I, i can see your point going on for you yeah And like sometimes you can hear someone being a senpai or a sensei at 12 or 13 years old. You're like, that's kind of the problem that I find too is, 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 uh, it's just the connotation that comes with the black belt, right? Like if, if, if you have a black belt, pe when people hear a black belt, they think, oh, you can defend yourself. If you're a black belt in karate, you're really tough. But how many, how many junior black belts maybe got their black belt when they were 10 or 11 years old and then they quit with the the confidence level of I'm a black belt and then they turn 19, 20, 21 years old, maybe getting their first actual fight, you know, they go to a bar, somebody throw and they and they get their butt kicked or something. And then all of that confidence they had that I was a black belt when I was 10 and then it's all gone because you know, they they thought they were a black belt but they got their butt kicked. They quit when they were 10, 11 years old, you know what I mean? I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, at that point, I don't think the black, the junior black belt is to blame. The fact that they leave the martial art is to blame because if you leave, of course, 10 years later, you, you don't work shit in a real fight. Uh, no matter what was your color, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because I think at the, no, but when you're not using your skill, you're losing your skill. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's my point. At the end of the day, no matter what color you are, when you leave, if you leave and you never practice again, you're gonna get your ass kicked probably. Even if you did your a real black belt until until you're 16, and then at your in your 30s you have a fight and you didn't never practice for 15 years, maybe you're gonna get your ass kicked because you never train. You know, it, it, it's something you have to maintain. If you if you want it to be effective in real life, that's and that's what we try. I always try to get my students to understand, you know, martial arts isn't just an activity that you do, like dancing or or something like that. This is a life skill. This is a this is something you should do uh, carry on for the rest of your life. It, you know, all the things that we we try to instill in our students, uh, the confidence, the self discipline. Um, how to take care of your body, how to be mentally tough. You know, uh, obviously the self-defense goes without saying. But like you said, if if you quit at 19, 20 years old and then and then you, you put on some weight or you, you don't sharpen the sword and keep it sharp, yeah, it, it could totally give you problems later on. Hey, thank you, Alex, for coming. For real, it's it is a great word. Uh, it is a great ending. So, uh, I really appreciate you coming by. Awesome! I appreciate the opportunity.